if you think NFTs is just about people making investments in digital art and it's a fad, it's a get rich scheme, it has nothing to do with social media or marketing or business, I was just like you until I went to last week's the Creator Economy Expo, founded by the one and only godfather of content marketing. You've heard him here on this podcast, Joe Polizzi. And well, I sort of feel the same aha moment that I did watching Jeremiah Oyang, who was the founder of webstrategist.com back in the day from Altimeter, one of the leading think tanks of consumer marketing. O'Brien Solis worked together with them. It's the way I thought when I saw him speak about social media marketing back in 2008 or nine at Adobe headquarters in Silicon Valley. I had the same aha moment last week. And guess what? It was Jeremiah Oyang, who was the keynote speaker at this conference as well. A lot of deja vu, but today I want to get into a little bit more of the depths of Web3, NFTs, cryptocurrency. I want to teach you what I've learned. I am still very new on this journey But I think it's important for you to at least have literacy in the subject because I think you're going to be hearing more about it. And if you're interested in hearing more about it, I'm going to pump out more episodes about it. But until then, let's start here with this episode of learning more about these technologies. And if you already know a little bit, I'm going to share with you my perspectives that hopefully offer you more insight in how all of these plug in to everything else I've been talking about on your Digital Marketing Coach podcast. Digital, social media, content influencer, marketing, blogging, podcasting, vlogging, TikToking, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, SEO, SEM, PPC, email marketing. Whew. There's a lot to cover. Whether you're a marketing professional, entrepreneur, or business owner, you need someone you can rely on for expert advice. Good thing you've got Neil on your side. Because Neil Schaefer is your Your digital digital marketing marketing coach. coach. Helping you grow your business with digital-first marketing, one episode at a time. This is your digital marketing coach, and this is Neil Schaefer. Okay, wow, that was the longest intro that I have ever done. And part of it is because I am still trying to absorb a lot of what I learned in just 24 hours at this amazing event. So there's a lot of different ways in which I can talk about this, but let's start with the term Web 3.0, because I think that is going to give us all the ability to uh, put this in the right frame, right? The right background, the right the atmosphere, uh, ecosystem. I don't know what the right word is. I'm still trying to describe these as eloquently as I can. And like I said, I am very much a newbie in this, but trying to learn very, very quickly as I see it beginning to impact uh, more and more of, of business and creators around me. So Jeremiah Oyang put it in one way, you know, Web 1.0 was really the internet, Web 2.0 more of like social media, um, and Web 3.0 is NFTs, blockchain, what have you. I like to think of things in terms of democratization. It's a term I've used a lot when I talk about the age of influence is about the democratization of influence, right? So if we were to look back at Web 1.0, it's really about the democratization of content publication. And I suppose you could say 
consumption as well. We now have a new digital arena called the internet in which we can publish content and also consume content. And if we want to bypass TV, radio, newspapers, magazines, we can just by being on the internet. I know that probably sounded really scary when the internet first came out 20, 30 years ago. Well, it's not scary anymore. It's how foreign governments uh, like Russia lie to their citizens about what is going on in Ukraine. And I think we can say the same thing about uh, foreign governments in China also hiding a lot of reality from their citizens. But this is not a podcast about politics. I'd love to do an episode on politics at some point, but I know that's not why you're listening to me. Web 2.0 was really about the democratization. Now, if Web 1.0 was about content publication consumption, I'd say Web 2.0 was really about communication. Now we have the ability to communicate with anyone, anywhere, with social media. We can also communicate with brands. Brands can listen to us. And although Jeremiah didn't mention this in his keynote about Web 2.0, a lot of people talk about not just social media, but mobile technology allowed all of this to scale globally and allow all of us to keep in touch the same way. And I'm, I'm not going to go back into politics, but when I was at the Tiananmen Square demonstrations in Beijing in 1989, it was the fax machine that allowed student demonstrators to tell the world what was going on. Now we have social media, right? And in, some people are calling this Ukrainian occupation by Russia, the TikTok war, because so many people are covering it on social networks like TikTok. But it has absolutely scaled the consumption, right? And the publication, because now it's not just publishers, it's people. It has enabled two-way communication and it has helped in, once again, the democratization of media influence, because now more and more the influence is in the hands of people. So, well, what is Web 3.0 then? I'd say Web 3.0, taking it one step further, is the democratization of digital ownership. So I, I believe, and what's really interesting is that Jeremiah, when he left Altimeter, he started consulting about the sharing economy. The sharing economy really started with Uber and Airbnb. A lot of us thought it was crazy. I remember uh, Uber sponsored one of the first social media marketing worlds. Hey, $20 free Uber fare if you you know, if you use them from the airport. And guess what? Uber is mainstream today. Airbnb is mainstream today. I use Uber on business trips. I've used Airbnb on business trips. And there's more and more. Now we're performing financial transactions using Venmo, person to person. So if Web 2.0 allowed us to communicate person to person, Web 3.0 allows us to transact person to person. And that has really compelling impact, compelling potential when you think about it. Now, this is where, so if that's Web 3.0 in general, right? Blockchain is the technology that will allow all this to happen. And blockchain is a technology that allows us, it's basically, I guess for lack of a better word, it is an accounting record, a ledger, which records every single transaction and it can limit the number of iterations or the amount of ownership. So obviously I'm not an expert in this, but I do know that, you know, over the last few years, a lot of my friends in Japan that were very focused on digital and social media marketing turned to blockchain consulting. So for instance, right now there's a semiconductor shortage. And if you were to put those semiconductors on a blockchain where whoever, you know, it, it's a limited supply 
And if you have access to it because you've been a loyal customer and you want to trade away that access, you have the ability to do it because there's only one available. The, the ownership is represented by uh, a unit of that blockchain. I know there was a city in Japan that actually held their public elections using the blockchain to ensure that there were not more votes than citizens, for instance. And you can use apps and, and lots of technology that allow you to do this. But where blockchain really started to be implemented was with cryptocurrency. Currency that is on the blockchain, currency that's governed and it's decentralized, right? I talked about the democratization of digital ownership. All of this is decentralized. There's not a person or an entity that owns it. It's decentralized by the framework of the technology itself, by the blockchain. Bitcoin being the most famous of these currencies, but Bitcoin actually only has a finite number. Um, there are other cryptocurrencies using blockchain that allow you to build more and more over time if people buy into it. The most famous one is called uh, Ethereum. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. So what does all this mean, right? I want to take you back to 2015 when I was on my business trip to Johannesburg, South Africa, where I spoke. And it was actually the day after I spoke where I went on a safari tour. And the tour guide says, hey, you know, I take credit cards, but I also take Bitcoin. And this is 2015. I'm like, dude, what's up with Bitcoin? He's like, well, you know, I don't really believe in the South African currency. So if I'm going to have currency, if I'm going to have money, I'd rather have it in something that I feel like I own part of, that I feel has a better chance of appreciating. It reminds me when I was in Japan, you know, Japanese banks, when I lived there, there was very, very low uh, interest rates in Japan, and there still are. Uh, much like we've had in the United States, all the interest rates are starting to go up here. And I'll never forget, if you were to invest in a New Zealand dollar bank account, you would get like 10% interest. If you were to invest in a Japanese yen bank account, you'd get 0.1% or 0.05% interest. And currencies have always had different value based on a number of different things. But if I am conducting a transaction with this gentleman, with this taxi driver, why do we have to go through banks and foreign currency when we can do it in one global currency? That if Assuming that we both believe in that currency and we have that currency, there are a number of apps that make that transaction happen seamlessly. And that's really the core here, is that once there's utility, these things take value. Now, I think, and I'm going to get to what are NFTs exactly, but what's happened is that there's been a lot of people investing in these cryptocurrencies as a very risky investment or investing in NFTs, which are tied to all this. And like I said, I'm going to go through that in a second. And that is a part that I never wanted to be a part of. But in terms of this sharing of digital ownership, it's really interesting. I launched my digital first membership community. It was my first digital product. And I use the normal tools that goes through Stripe, what have you. But one of my members, his payment was getting rejected. It's because he lives in the kingdom of Jordan. And it's because one of the tools I was using that connected Stripe to my website had a default that they just rejected any card that was registered outside of North America, Japan, Europe, thinking that it might be spam. And so I think those of us that live in the developed world, we don't see the value as much as people that don't live in the developed world, where their currencies are not worth much, where they physically, they literally cannot conduct transactions in their currency. But if it's a global currency, like a Bitcoin or Ethereum. So, you know, what if for my digital first membership community, I had my own coin? The coin is tied to US dollars. 
or it's tied to whatever currency you want, you buy the coin through Ethereum or Bitcoin. Let's just say Ethereum. So instead of you know spending $55 a month, which is the current price of my digital first you know, membership community, you buy $55 worth of coin or whatever. Let's say it's like $100 or $200 worth of this coin. And that gives you membership for as long as you hold the coin, for instance. This is exactly what Joe Polizzi did with his Creator Economy Expo. It was $500 to attend the expo. He offered a lifetime ticket based on his coin, which is called the tilt, or I guess it's called tilt, dollar sign tilt. And it was basically the equivalent of, I don't know, $1,750. So if you made that investment, you would get lifetime access to the Creator Economy Expo. And if you've been to conferences like Social Media Marketing World, Content Marketing World, which Joe founded, you know any of these conferences, you would know that prices go up over time and that $1,750 might be the price of admission a few years from now. It's lifetime. And guess what? Because you own that, we're going to call it an NFT, because it's a limited edition. He only made 100 of these, right? It's not unlimited. Once the 100 are sold out, it's sold out. It is a lifetime NFT limited to 100 at that price. And once you have it, you can use it. It has utilitarian value or you can sell it because you're part owner now, right? It's asset, not expense. So if I was to do something similar, hey, you know, um, $55 worth of coins gives you access to my membership community. Well, let's say after a week, you're not interested anymore. You can then sell those coins on the Ethereum market. Maybe they're worth more, maybe they're worth less. Or if I was to do a lifetime offer, it's sort of the same thing. But as a creator, it allows me to basically invest in you. I can buy excess coins and say, hey, I'm going to do a drop. And, uh, you know, the next, you know, I want you to show up to my meeting, our next weekly call. Everyone who shows up, I'm going to give a coin. Now, why would I want to do that? Creators want to invest in their communities. A lot of you, well, some of you might have gotten some freebies from me already. Free books. I've, I've done book giveaways, right? Why not do it in a way where I can give you part ownership in terms of the currency? Gives you access to more and more things that I'm doing now and more things that I plan to do. And brands can be doing the exact same thing, right? So Venmo can come out with a Venmo coin. Why do we always have to transact through a third party? Why do I have to pay Stripe 3% for every transaction when we can do it directly through the Neo coin or whatever I'm going to call it? I don't know. I haven't. <laughs> I'm sort of skipping ahead there. But I think you get the picture. Now, as a brand, like I said, Venmo, Starbucks, right? Sometimes I can't use my Starbucks card, which is my Starbucks app, which is based on what I bought in the United States with Japan. But if I'm a global brand, I want anyone everywhere to be able to get access to my product to make them feel they're part of it. And that's where having your own coin or having an NFT, when the pink drink goes away, only those who have the pink drink NFT can actually get that drink. I'm just throwing on an example. So right now, I think a lot of people are focused on the creators when it comes to NFT, the artists, what have you. But it's equally important for brands to really understand this because it is a growing economy. The economy of NFTs and cryptocurrency is already greater than influencer marketing. And so far, well, you know, sports, we see the NBA, NFL, sports teams, 
you know, celebrities, we see some people getting involved in it, but I believe almost any business, even B2B businesses could get involved in it. It's going to evolve over time. This is going to evolve over 10, 20, 30 years. It's evolving pretty quickly. And I think to better understand this, I think the trigger point for this was Gary Vaynerchuk. Who else, right? So Gary Vaynerchuk introduced vFriends. That's V-E-E friends. And this was his first NFT that he announced, or I should say released May 11th, 2021. A lot of people that I know or have heard you know, on podcast or blogosphere, YouTube, what have you, that's really when they got started with this. A lot of people in the social media marketing world is that they believed Gary Vee is the ultimate influencer. They believed in him. They believed that if they spent money on him and his NFTs, they would be able to gain better access to him. So he has done, you know, NFTs for his or, you know, I don't know whether you want to call them tokens or coins, but if you buy more of his stuff, the NFTs, definitely he has the V friends because these are limited, but he's put out other things. Um, his V friends alone generated about $160 million in sales volume via OpenSea. This is OpenSea is the place. It's like the marketplace where you can buy NFTs. He has done things like book games, which is stemming from his new book, 12 and a half, leveraging the emotional ingredients necessary for business success. This is a layer two NFT, so I'm not going to go into details here, but they're they're burnable tokens. And I guess the coin that I was talking about that Joe Pulitzer, that is a burnable thing as well. You can redeem those, right? I can buy those from you. It's not limited supply. You can mint more. That would drive the price down like any other currency, but I think you get, uh, you, you get the point. And then, you know, for those people that hold a lot of these sorts of tokens or coins or mini drops or all these different things that Gary Vaynerchuk is doing, he has his invite-only event, VCon, which is actually coming up very shortly, May 19th and May 22nd, featuring Steve Aoki, Snoop Dogg, and some others. And in order to get access to that, you need to hold certain NFTs or coins. So this is a utilitarian example of a personal brand that found the best way to monetize, not even to go through brands, not even to create their own product, but to create their own currency, to create their own collectible, to give people a chance to be part of something and to reap the benefits. I think a great use case scenario are musicians, right? Fund, you know, become part of our new CD. We don't have a record contract. We're going to independently publish this. But if you buy the NFT, you'll get access to the CD. And guess what? You'll, we're also going to give you, you know, for every uh, token that you buy, you're going to get 1% ownership of the royalty rights. This is what people are starting to do. This is what NFT collections, they're, they're creating art. And if, you know, someone wants to license that art for a movie or for a book, the owners of the NFT actually have digital ownership rights and they will get a portion of that. So part of these NFTs you see out there that aren't utilitarian, they don't have utility, they're focused more on... Well, part of it is community that, hey, we we all hold the same token. Let's get to know each other. We're all supporting this person. But also in the belief that in the future, they might strike it rich. But in the short term, they still want to support that creator and their mission. So that's where this comes down to. With the democratization of digital ownership, the democratization of financial transactions, it's almost like the democratization of community. Not just between a creator and the creator's fans, 
but between the brand and the, and the brand's fans. And I, you know, we're already seeing more and more brands create these NFTs. I hope they don't look at it just as a way to raise money, but it's the community aspect of being able to have unique relationships with people that own these NFTs. Now, the community aspect, what's really interesting is it's all about Discord because Discord has integrations with NFTs where if you own a certain number of, if you own an NFT or you own a certain number of tokens, that will give you access to a Discord that people that have lower level access will not get access to. And this is why so many creators are going to Discord. Uh, my kids are studying for you know SAT, APs, various tests, and some of the textbook publishers and other websites are creating their own discords. Now, they don't have an NFT tied up to it yet, but the discord is sort of the community, the default community for younger people. And when my daughter sees me using Slack, she's like, you're such a boomer daddy. Um, that's for old people. So, and discord is very similar to Slack if you've seen both of them. And that that's why there's so much going on with discord. And that's why I hope to have my own discord in the not so near future or the not so distant future, I should say, to give you all a little bit more access as I begin to navigate this world. So what I want you to do, I've talked a lot, right? If you're a brand, if you are a creator, wannabe influencer, if you're a nonprofit, I mean, what a great way to raise money. And there's already some nonprofits that are using Ethereum to gain access to people who trade in that currency, who also want to support their mission. And there are various ways of allowing people to support the mission. There's something called a smart contract that's actually written into the code of a blockchain. It's not a legally binding contract, but it does allow you know, creators, nonprofits, brands to promise certain things. And obviously there's always like a website or what have you that will list uh, more of that information. Another interesting byproduct of all this, this goes back to me talking about Elon Musk. And I don't know if it was on this podcast or if others, why he's buying Twitter, is that Twitter has become the center place where people talk about NFTs. It is the social media for NFTs and the social media for cryptocurrency. It's where everyone goes to build community, to engage, to get people onto their own Discord or to get people to you know buy their NFT. That's where the action is. And I have definitely seen new energy in Twitter recently, especially when I talk about these subjects. There's a lot of people out there that want to talk about these. So what I want you to do now is now, I learned that there is one particular, it's a coin, it's a cryptocurrency that's built off of Ethereum, and it's put up by a company called Rally.io. Now, Jeremiah Young is represented Rally. There's some other Rally folks there. There are 350 people who have their own cryptocurrency on Rally. Rally has basically made it easy for creators to mint their own cryptocurrency coins which are tied to the Rally coin, which is built on the Ethereum blockchain. Yeah, I know that sounds like a lot. Play it back again. But it, but basically, I believe when you cash out on a coin, you're it's being converted into Rally, which is then being converted into Ethereum. I might be wrong, but I think that's why it makes it easy for creators to do this. They're not directly linked. That Rally is sort of the middleman, so to speak, but makes it easier to handle lots of different things related to that transaction. There's a lot of complexity here, obviously. And this is my first time talking about this in this much depth. But if you were to go to rally.io, I was told there were 350 creators that had coins. Of those 350 creators, 35 of them were part of the 500 people at the Creator Economy Expo. So for creators, this has become the default place for 
people like you and me that are actually minting cryptocurrency coins. So right now, if you were to go to rally.io, it'll say for creators, discover, if you go to discover coins, it'll show you in terms of support volume that Joe Polizzi, the tilt, which is his site that talks about this, it's trying to provide education, is the leader right now in terms of volume. If you were to go and learn more about what are the benefits. So part of this is that there are rally rewards. I won't go into the details on this, but rally is also trying to incentivize people to buy more of these coins. So if you hold on to the coins of various creators, you get dividends, which are rally coins. What uh, Joe is saying here, our rally rewards are reinvested back into the community. And this means that your coin value should go up over time as more and more of the dividends are reinvested. It's sort of like reinvesting your your profits into your stock, right? Member uh, Tilt coin holders help contribute directly to the creator economy. The Tilt is dedicated to turning content creators into uh, content entrepreneurs. Subscribe at thetilt.com and receive $5 in Starter Tilt coin. Receive an additional $5 for each member referral. They're monetizing. They are paying you back because with every community member, they are getting bigger and the economy is getting bigger. As a Tilt holder, you are eligible for rally rewards, which are reinvested as we, we as we talked about, and you gain access to a private Discord group. Um, if you hold at least $1 Tilt coin, you're part of a weekly random giveaway of up to $200 in Tilt coin. 10% off training and educational courses, 10% off all merchandise. If you hold five Tilt coins, and by the way, one Tilt coin is worth $15. So if you hold $75 worth, exclusive content creation report dropped at the end of each month. Early access, 25% off all training and educational merchandise. If you hold 20 Tilt coin, which is equivalent to $300, exclusive inner circle Discord area. Once again, it's integrated with Discord. So it allows you to easily do that. To help shape the business goals and operations at the Tilt, you are part digital owner. 50% off all training and educational courses. There's also Tilt author. Submit an article, and if accepted, receive money in Tilt coin. And then there are various uh, campaigns. Uh, let's see here. There is a $50 or $3.3 uh, Tilt. It says autographed content in. I want to see what this is. Okay. It's asking me to create an account. So I can't see what that is, but there is some sort of autographed content uh, that you can receive. Hmm. I'm sort of curious as to why I can't... It says autograph content in. Okay, maybe he's given away some of his books. I'm not sure. But that's an example. You have now bought a cryptocurrency. You're buying a coin, which is tied to Joe Polizzi's The Tilt, but it's giving you rewards. And this is what I would love to do with my community, right? If I am making six figures, if I'm making seven figures, and I can give 1% of that back to you because you've been supporting me I know that you're going to continue to support me and you're going to become a bigger fan of me. And therefore, anything I do, it's going to be amplified. So from a creator perspective, I think it's a no-brainer, an absolute no-brainer. Now, not everybody can launch a coin. I, I think that Rally is getting, uh, they want to make sure that everybody has real influence. They're trying to create their own economy. The idea is that you want people to use these coins. So that's where I'm going to end this episode. I'm really excited about this. From a creator perspective, from a brand perspective, from a web 3.0 diversification of last week we talked about, or last episode we talked about relationship marketing or relationships with influencers. 
hey, if you're a brand you want to work with me, start by buying some of my coin. That's a great way to build a relationship, right? It really brings things to a new level because of the democratization of digital ownership, the democratization of financial transactions. So my homework for you is, if you're already into this stuff, awesome. I'd love to hear from you. If not, just go to rally.io, go to Discover Coins, look at some of the things that are out there. And if you find utilitarian purpose, just go and invest in someone. Someday, I hope to be up there on the market as well, not yet. And nevertheless, if you're not ready for that, that's fine. But I think just like social media 10, 11, 12 years ago, very few people understood it. Those people ended up ahead. And I remember there was something called the Social Media Club, still around. Social Media Club was all about, if you get it, share it, because so few people got it, right? So I think right now we're sort of in the same stage with all this Web 3.0 cryptocurrency NFT. And by the way, I didn't answer the question. Um, People are getting hung up on the collectibles, right? The NFTs, these are non-fungible tokens. So in other words, they they live on forever in in a limited supply. Fungible is something that can go away. So the coins can go away. You can cash in the coins for something and then the coins will disappear from the blockchain, assuming that I... I've, or they become ownership of from me on the blockchain or the number of coins gets diminished. I'm not sure exactly how that would work from the cryptocurrency perspective, but from the uh, collectible, which is the non-fungible, that the lifetime pass to the Creator Economy Expo, great example, or it could be a collectible trading card, a collectible trading character. There are only limited numbers of those, right? And that's why they're becoming more investments. If you create art and you commission 100 pieces, you would commission 100 NFTs. And therefore, over time, those could could go up in value, could go down in value, but the limited supply inherently provides more value to those that are really interested in them. That's what the NFT is. I think when I was talking about the coins, it was more of this utilitarian cryptocurrency based on the large cryptocurrency, which is Ethereum. (laughs) I know I pronounced it differently. I'm hoping I nail it one of these days. All right. Well, that's it. So if you want to learn more, those are my recommendations for you. If you want me to talk more about this on this podcast or in my blog, I'd love to have a coin and and let you decide what you want me to blog about. That would be a great use case scenario, right? But regardless, if you want me to talk more about this in my podcast, because I think it's related to everything that I talk about here, please let me know. You can write a review. Let me know. You can fill out a contact form on my website, neilshafer.com. You can just message me in social media. But regardless, if you think your network, your friends are also trying to figure this out and you think that this provided you a unique insight, a valuable insight, I hope that you'll take a screenshot and share this podcast episode with your network, with your friends, and we can all all learn together, right? That's what this is all about. There is no one expert. We are all beginners. We all become experts. We do this together and I think we all benefit. And regardless of I mint a coin or not, the knowledge is going to be invaluable for your business and for you so that you better understand the future and you're better able to navigate all this information when people talk about this or when you begin to see the value of it, you'll have a solid understanding and you'll be able to go a lot quicker than others that are still doubting it. So hopefully after hearing this, you're not doubting anymore. I don't own any cryptocurrency with the exception that Jeremiah Oyang did a drop during his speech. Hey, you know, the the first hundred that go here, I'm going to give you a coin. And it was very smart because it's obviously his coin is built on the rally network, which he represents. So that's how he got me to 
create a rally account, right? And I'd love to do that as well. You know, hey, the first 10 people who, uh, you know, who uh, review this uh, podcast on Apple Podcasts get, get a free coin. I think you're going to see a lot more of that in the not so distant future. Yeah, because it's all tied back to a monetary value. At the end of the day, we're all in business, whether it's for ourselves or whether it is for uh, our, our brand. And <laughs> no better way to close this episode with one of the keynote speakers was Daniel Pink. He wrote a book called Free Agent Nation. We're all free agents. And I believe that this Web 3.0 actually gives us more the ability to be a free agent, be a successful free agent, but it all depends on community. And in order to build community, you need to have value. You need to offer value, have a valuable product. It all comes down to the basics of marketing. You can't bypass that and hope to be successful here. So I'll leave you with those notes. I can't wait to delve deeper into this in future episodes. I'm still going to be doing the other stuff as well. I'm still your digital marketing coach. But like I said, if you want me to talk more about this stuff as I learn more and do more research, please let me know. And hey, as always, whether it's influencer marketing or SEO or social media or NFTs, make sure you keep your eye on the goal. This is your digital marketing coach, Neil Schaefer, signing out. You've been listening to your digital marketing coach. Questions, comments, requests, links, go to podcast.neilshafer.com. Get the show notes to this and 200 plus podcast episodes and neilshafer.com to tap into the 400 plus blog posts that Neil has published to support your business. While you're there, check out Neil's digital first group coaching membership community if you or your business needs a little helping hand. See you next time on Your Digital Marketing Coach.